You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah stepped away for a little while today. It's just me, but I am so excited to share some stories with you. You know, every once in a while, um, we share stories of organizations and events, those types of things. Um, and, and, and we get to tell the stories of the people as well. And some of the people that I love to share stories about are the people that I get to work with every day. And really just uh, thrilled to get to share stories of two people here at KFUO that have long histories in broadcasting. And so going to share um, their stories with you today here on the Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Now, every day, every weekday, uh, generally around the top of the hour, you hear uh, KFUO News Update from Kip Allen or World Lutheran News Digest on Wednesday afternoons or Free to be Faithful on Wednesday afternoons. Or maybe Friday afternoon, you kick back on the front porch with uh, Kip Allen and one of our pastors, one of our guest pastors for Let's Talk the Pastor is In, and dig into theological questions from a layperson's perspective. And Kip Allen has been with the team here at KFUO for a little over six years, six, seven years now. Kip, it is a joy to get to have some time with you on the coffee hour for a little chat, kind of switching it around. Usually you get to have a relaxed conversation with a pastor on Let's Talk. I know. I, I, I'm, I know I'm being interviewed. I'm going to try to handle this. (laughs) So we get to switch things around, and I get to ask you the fun questions, um, having a casual conversation. (laughs) Okay. Now... I, you know, I have the privilege of getting to know the answers to some of these questions, but I want to share them with our listeners as well. What was your first encounter with broadcasting? When when I was born. (laughs) I mean that quite literally. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You were born into it, right? Yeah, I was born into it. Uh, My my dad was in uh, broadcasting. He went into radio in 1935. And in 1948, the year I was born, he went into television. So I literally was born into it. In fact, Dad was on the air when I was being born. <laughs> so you were truly born into it. Now, you said Dad was born in, or he was in broadcasting in 1935? Yeah, yeah. He uh, had a bachelor's degree from uh, in journalism from the University of Missouri in 1935 and immediately went to work in radio. Wow. And, you know, looking at the history of KFUO, it was just 11 years before that that KFUO started. That's right. Wow. What a history. So tell us, uh, you know, being the son of a broadcaster, professional broadcaster, uh, what did you see dad doing? And and when did that when did that spark something for you? When did you know um, that you wanted to go into broadcasting, too? Well, actually, I resisted it for a long time. <laughs> you want the honest truth. Um, I uh, went to college and couldn't figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life and uh, actually dropped out after my junior year. So I took a job as an admitting clerk in a hospital emergency room, uh, something I loathed with a passion. And so just out of sheer desperation, I enrolled in classes at SIU Edwardsville and wound up in a communications class. And I happened to be there when the radio station over there, WSIE, went on the air and... uh, wow, I got microphones and I could push buttons and there's tape recorders I can play with. And this was a ball. And uh, I decided quite by my own surprise that this is really, this is fun. I want to do this. What was it about it that you liked? You mentioned the, you know, the, the equipment, the, the technology, the buttons and, and microphones. What, <laughs> what was it about it that, that really drew you in? Communications, pure and simple communication. 
that's the glue that holds society together is the ability to communicate with one another and that's really what radio does uh especially back then you know we that was the main way of information even mm-hmm. more so than television back then you know we we're talking about the the, the golden age of uh, uh, talk radio which i was involved in it was, was i had a ball with that one <laughs> uh but that was it i, I mean for example, during uh, during emergencies, I remember I was um, broadcasting down south during a hurricane. You know, the TVs are off the air. Uh, the, the, the people could only get the emergency information on the radio, mm-hmm. whether they're sheltering in a in a in a uh, in a, in a getaway in a, in a rescue thing or other than the car. The only way they could get the information, what roads were clear, where they could get help, was by radio. So mass communication was really the draw for you, being a part of something that really connected society. Tell us about the, you mentioned going to SIUE. Uh, Tell us more about your education that you pursued for this career in broadcasting. Well, it was kind of a convoluted one, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When I got out of SIU, I did a really stupid thing. Uh, I fell in love with this beautiful girl, about five foot four, beautiful blue eyes, long brown hair, and uh, she decided she was going to New York like an idiot. I followed her. <laughs> and could not get a broadcasting job there to save my life, so I wound up, of all things, working for a board game company. And I was a board game designer developer for about three years. I actually got about a dozen, 15 games out there that I did. Were you the brains behind Shoots and Ladders? No, 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 no. <laughs> I did World War One, World War Two, World War Three, combined arms, frigate, uh, the whole series of them. So you like history and, and military? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, military history has always been a hobby of mine, mm-hmm. and actually, I, I board gaming was a hobby of mine since from the age of twelve. You know, I just, in fact, I still do it to this day. I still, I still love strategy games. But as the romance cooled, um. I decided I wanted to get back to my original love, which was uh, broadcasting. And I thought, you know, Dad was a journalist. Why can't I do that? So I went to, um, I applied for uh, graduate school at Northwestern University, where the Medill School of Journalism is, and was accepted and uh, graduated with a master's in journalism. What was that like? What was being a, a student in journalism school uh, like in that? And, and what what era was this? That would have been 1976, 77. So... Paint a picture for us. What was journalism school like in the 70s? It was exhausting. <laughs> Best way to describe it. I remember the one of my first classes there, the, one of the very first days, classes began at around 8 o'clock. We took a, there was an hour break, and then classes went again until like 9 o'clock in the evening. And uh, the school was right on the lakefront, Lake Michigan. And I remember after that, Nine o'clock class. I just walked out to the lake. I was stunned, saying, "Oh my gosh, what have I done?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I still had all this homework ahead of me, and I looked out around me, and there's been twenty or thirty other students who were doing the same thing. Oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> it was it was exhausting. It really was. Uh, to an ex- a lot of fun too. I mean, because I did uh, that was an election year, mm-hmm. and I was in uh, Washington for the 1976 election, and I was assigned. Uh, by WJR Radio in Detroit, I believe it was, to cover the Jerry Ford Victory Party. (laughs) Which is a fun party until about 10 in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) So pursuing this a degree in in journalism, Mm -hmm. were you focused on radio? Were there other aspects of of, uh, communications that you wanted to experience as well? Well, actually, I I really wanted to go into uh, television. And uh, I'm really glad I didn't. 
because uh, there, there's a certain anonymity that we have in, in radio that we don't have in TV. I remember when I was growing up, you know, we couldn't go out to a restaurant without somebody coming up to my dad. Uh, radio is quite different from that. People um, don't recognize you by how you look yeah. on the radio. Oh, you don't look you don't look a thing like your voice. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've heard that one. Uh, and I've, I've also done my share of work in print. I've, I've done uh, newspapers and magazines as well. Uh, radio's always been my first love. Still is? Oh, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> so... How has technology changed over the, the course of your career? Let's see, you know, your career in broadcasting, so you, you finished journalism school in the 70s, mm-hmm. and now we're in uh, 2019. So the course of your career has has been quite a course. Well, I'll carry it back even further. My first radio gig was in September, September the 4th, 1970, when WSIE went on the air. Uh, and uh, we were actually pretty advanced at that time. We had some really good equipment, but we still had turntables, tape recorders, and you know, when mm-hmm. you edited something, you literally did it with a grease pencil and a razor blade on the uh, on the tape. And I don't know how many times it cut up my hands. On that thing. It, was, <laughs> it was dangerous. Uh, I remember one time I was uh, rewinding a major, uh, like, like an eighteen foot metal reel, which had a habit they call it of, of uh, butterflying, and I tried to slow it down and cut my hand to the bone. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Work hazards. Yeah, work hazard. It really was. <laughs> so how has the, the technology changed? Um, you know, I certainly know what the technology is for our listeners. So, you know, let, let's paint a picture for them. You sure. you were you were working with tape. You were working with analog, uh, paper, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, note cards, things like that, right? Yeah, that's correct. Back in the early days. And we didn't have cart machines back when I first started. And for those listening, a cart machine is a device on which we we recorded or and broadcast like mm-hmm. those the short spots, those announcements, or if you yeah. worked in commercial, and now that's the commercials has been for years, right? <laughs> and and that's all moved to now we're all digital, we're all digital. Um, and the the big thing is is in productivity. Uh, uh, Andy, I can do things in one day that it would have taken me a week to do. For example, today I had to produce World Lutheran News Digest. Uh, that involves putting together about 20 different audio sources, blending them together, and making it come out to exactly a specific time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking like within tenths of a second. And I could have done that back in the day, but that would have taken me a day or two to do it. Now it took me about an hour and a half. So having the the, the technology, all the digital technology for recording the audio um, and and then also for editing it as well, mm-hmm. all done digitally and and can be done in a nonlinear fashion as well. That you know, using that that analog technology, <laughs> magnetic tape, as you mentioned earlier, there's some hazards that come with that too. You know, yeah. the, the sharp objects and <laughs> you could cut yourself. So that was probably half the time was just putting band aids on. That's what took you yeah, a whole right. week. Yeah, that happened. Now you could do it nonlinear back then, but it was a real nosebleed to do it. So it, it 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 the the technology has certainly changed and and allows you to do so much in uh, a shorter amount of time and and with a smaller crew too. What was oh, yeah. you know a, you know a typical radio station in the past like a talk radio station that oh, you would yeah. have looked at? You're talking about a pretty large team too. You could be yeah you could be. Um, the the business has changed a great deal now, both in terms of management and in terms of the technology. Where now manpower is no longer as important as it once was. Uh, the type of stuff that we do here, you know, for example, as I just mentioned, the WLN that that would have taken two or three people mm-hmm. that that project to put that together, where I could do it by myself in just a fraction of the time. 
and do it better too. I mean, the uh, the editing software that we have and how we can tweak it, how we can stretch it and compress it, how we can make sure the levels are all the same. With things that we couldn't do back then. Or it took a lot more work to make it happen, to, oh, yes. to make it uh, to sound a certain way. The, you've served in a variety of uh, settings. You've worked at radio stations. You said you worked in print. You even developed board games yes. uh, for a while. <laughs> um, what is unique about what you get to do at KFUO today? Okay, the biggest thing, here's the biggest difference. Uh, having spent most of my career in the commercial world, um, while I had a lot of fun at it, the bottom line was what I was doing was trying to make money for the station owners. Nothing wrong with that, but that's the bottom line. That's what that was. What I'm doing here at KFUO is important. I'm reaching people about their souls. And I have a sense of purpose here that I never had in commercial radio. Uh, the other thing, frankly, is the staff. Uh, in commercial radio, you know, and nobody goes in this business without having a huge ego. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's competing against everyone else and watch your back because you're going to climb that ladder next year. and it is a vicious business it really is uh that's not the case in in religious radio here we are all going for the same goal and it's not i'm not trying to advance myself you're not trying to advance yourself we're trying to advance the message of christ yeah and that's that's a huge difference believe me I, and i appreciate how you you, you mentioned that that having that that purpose in your work that's that's outside of yourself but it's it's not about the bottom dollar it's it's about the mm -hmm. the it's about what's really important yeah the advancement of that that clear message of the gospel well kip it, it, our time is up uh but i love just hearing stories like this and sharing stories and i hope i hope it was as fun for you as it as it has been for me to, to, <laughs> hey, get to hear the this, stories and share this with our <laughs> listeners as well and uh giving them a chance to get to know a little bit more about kip allen uh check out kip's programs on wednesdays at uh, at 2 30 you can check out world lutheran news digest once a month we have free to be faithful zeroing in on uh, religious freedom yeah, that will be on the uh, on the third Wednesday of the month, and then also certainly the uh, the top of the hour, the news updates throughout the day, mm -hmm. and then uh, on Friday afternoons, uh, sit back on the front porch. Yeah, two to three. Join me on the porch. What's your question for the pastor? Heck, you're a layman just like me. What, what's bugging you? Thank you so much, Kip Allen on KFUO. Thanks for being my guest on the Coffee Hour.